0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 113 of the Seasus Show. It's your boy, Sir Seasus, and I'm back at it again with another fun-filled episode. I'm extremely excited to deliver this premium content to you guys, so I hope you really enjoy this episode that's coming up, which is episode 113 as well, too. So, you guys know I always like to rehash last week's episode or the, the previous episode, which was episode one twelve. It was myself, Sir Caesar, and Trader X X I V, and we flat out just gave our predictions for the NBA Finals. Now, Trey and I predicted both Suns six, Suns and six, rather, um, going up against the Milwaukee Bucks. But we also took into consideration that we didn't know the severity of Giannis's injury, so a lot of people have kind of been, you know, coming back at me saying. Oh, I told you this and this was gonna happen. Shout out to Kate, um, but you know it is what it is. You know, nonetheless, we had a great we had a great uh, finals championship. Um, great six games. Almost every game came down to the wire. I think, except for one. So, nothing but respect for you know both teams, both organizations. Um, it was nice to see. Something different because I think since like 2010 we only had LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, Steph Curry, and Kevin Durant representing uh, the East or the West as well too. So to see two new teams was quite a refresher, and I think we're gonna see a new trend um, in these next couple of years where we don't necessarily see a dynasty. We may see a team go, you know have a back to back run, but I think it's gonna be you know new teams almost every year kind of, you know, changing it up from either one conference or the other conference as well too. So Trey couldn't be with us today, but you know, my brother who's been doing a pretty damn good job in the playoffs, filling in for him, D Sharp, is going to be joining us as well too, in a little bit. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, make some noise for my boy, for my bro, D Sharp. Let's get it. What's Good, man. Happy to be back. Yeah, man, it has been it's been quite some time, man. Uh, we we uh, everybody miss you, bro. How you how you been, man?
1: Chilling, man. You know, relaxing, working, I getting these know. getting these bucks,
0: getting these bucks, man. <laughs> <these bucks>, <laughs> I was just telling everybody that um Trey and I both predicted the Suns and Six, but we were wrong. Um, and some people got on me about that as well too. But the reason why I said Suns and Six because there's a level of uncertainty with Giannis Antetokounmpo's injury Um, so that's why I said that if he was fully healthy then I would have had probably the bucks in seven but you know it is what it is man and um, yeah you coming out you coming out to LA relatively pretty soon right
1: yeah man I'm 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 gonna tap in I should be there this weekend we can we can link up man it's gonna be good
0: Okay, I got some activities planned for you. So, you know, we're going to have a good time, man. So Word up, man.
1: Word up. Get you out on the West
0: Coast and all that. You know what I'm saying? So, it's going to be nothing but nothing but good vibes as well, too. You ready to get into today's hottest topics?
1: Let's get it. What do cool. you want to talk about?
0: I mean, there's only one thing to talk about right now. Um, the NBA Finals, the 2021 NBA Finals, just finished a couple of days ago. Matter of fact, today... They had their little, uh, you know, their little rally for the championship celebration in Milwaukee as well, too. But the number three Bucks from the East, the representations from the East went up against the number two Suns um, who represented the West as well, too. And it was just a battle uh, from start to finish as well. Ended up going six games. Um, you know, at first the, the Suns were up 2-0. You know, people were ready to create this whole narrative that, you know, Devin Booker was the, Second coming of Kobe Bryant. Chris Paul is finally going to get his flowers. Like everything, just seemed like it was essentially made for the Clippers. and I'm so sorry, not the Clippers. The Suns to win the championship as well too. Um, and you know, Giannis just went God mode. Um, and he played relatively well. Ended up winning Finals MVP. So for the entire series, Giannis averaged 35 points, 13 rebounds, five assists, two blocks, one steal. Um, and shot over 60% from the free throw line as well, too. And he had some help along the way with Middleton averaging 24, Drew Holiday averaging 17, Brooke Lopez 12, Pat Cunningham, who was shooting lights out from Trey at nine points. And then you had, you know, your Energizer buddy with Bobby Portis and and others to go along the way as well, too. And then, yeah, from, you know, the West, Booker played up to, you know, his stats actually elevated his stats as well, too. Um, Averaged uh, 28 points. 28 points, four assists, three and a half rebounds. Chris Paul, 22 points, eight assists. DeAndre Ayton, 15 and 12 as well too. And then um, Mikel Bridges, 12 points. Jay Crowder, 12 points. Cam Johnson, nine points. So it was pretty even, honestly, all the way through um, from game one to to game six as well. Game one, Phoenix won um, a little, I think about 13 points. Game two, Phoenix won by 10 points. Game three, Bucks won by 20. Game four uh, bucks one by bucks one by six, game five, bucks one by I believe four, and then game five to close it out, the bucks won by seven as well too. So it could have honestly went either way as well too. Um, but one thing I kind of want to talk about is is Znte de Um He played great. like I said, going into the series, I really thought that that you know being seven foot Two hundred forty pounds, and basically is his game where his game is built off power and, and pure um, athleticism. I thought with that hyper extended knee injury that he really wasn't going to be able to essentially be in tip top form as well too. So that was the reason why I actually picked the Suns to win the six as well too with the level of uncertainty and also the Suns also having home court advantage Um, being the more refreshed team. I thought they were going to, you know, kind of work wonders as well, too. Obviously, Dario Saric went down. Torrey Craig um, had some knee injuries as well, too. So it really wasn't that effective. But um, it came down to a couple of things. Giannis being dominant. Drew Holiday taking on that assignment to, you know, pressure CP3 from start to finish. Um, That was crazy. Depth was a huge factor as well, too. Um, And you would think you know, with the formula to take down Giannis, you know, the the Suns were going to be equipped for that. But when you really look at their personnel, especially with Sarek going down and then Craig going down as well too, they didn't necessarily have the formula to build that wall to essentially stop this team um, or stop Giannis rather from getting to the paint as well too. Uh, So that was one thing as well. Like I said, Drew Holiday was another thing as well too. Um, But Coach Bud just... He basically took away, you know, the other players in a sense as the series went on. He kind of was like, all right, we're not going to double Booker Booker anymore. We're going to just force him to beat us and get everyone disengaged. We're going to force Chris Paul to kind of beat us and get everyone disengaged as well, too. So that kind of worked wonders. Um, but the Bucks played well. Um, the big three stepped up when it mattered the most. And I mean, obviously, with Giannis having that, that got like closeout game which we're going to talk about a little bit later um you know it was kind of just set up for them to win as well too so I kind of and I said this to to our group chat I said this to a lot of people who are you know who with basketball as well too that game three when Giannis had to switch on to Devin Booker close out the lane and then have that instinct to turn around and block DeAndre Ayton's shot I felt like that was the turning point of the series as well, too. And I was speaking to Warren as well, and I was just like, yo, if Giannis doesn't get that block, Suns tie the game, and the whole momentum completely shifts his vote, too. I mean, obviously, we don't know how things are going to pan out, but it's the little things like that can that can literally change the entirety of the series. You saw last round when the Suns are going up against the, the Clippers. PG missed those free throws what if he don't Uh miss that or if the if the if the referee calls the pulling of the jersey with the Zubac on on DeAndre Ayton or if they had reviewed the DeAndre Ayton call that all that happened in the same game we don't know what the the course how the course would have panned out as well too so I thought that that was the overall change of the series but I mean aside from that um it was pretty refreshing because I think since 2010 it's literally only been LeBron James, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, and Kawhi Leonard um, all in the final, So it's pretty nice to see a change of scenery as well, too. Um, and then from an international standpoint with Giannis, you know, representing, you know, the whole country of, of Greece um, as well, too. You know, we, we brought in more. So the numbers definitely spiked up as well. Um, players were able to get rest more um, than usual as opposed to playing every other day as well, too. So I thought it was pretty much of a success in the end and, you know, at the end of the day, both teams to get to the finals, they did what they had to do. Um, obviously, injuries played a huge part part of it as well too. But you can only play who's in front of you as well. But nothing but respect from both sides, and you know nothing but respect for the Bucks. Um, you know from the top down, and obviously Giannis doing what he got to do. But you know, or your whole thoughts on the entirety of this six game series, man. Uh,
1: like everything you said, man. It was uh, it was one of the best finals I've seen. Uh, I felt like the teams were somewhat evenly matched with star power. But at the end of the day, man, like I said, Giannis is different. Your Giannis is different, man. And he showed it and he showed it. He showed his ability to run the floor, to block shots, make timeless baskets. Um and salute and, and the Bucks and the Bucks, man, they have Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday. Very, you know, to the casual NBA fans, they may not know who those players are, but they really good and they showed it, man. But overall, I'll say that this finals was was very interesting, right? I, I like the I like the emerging stars. I like Devin Booker. I like I like you know DeAndre Ayton, Chris Paul. This was like a legacy tour for him to remind my who he is. So for me, it was. For me, is what you you love when you when you watch basketball, like two super competitive teams trying to win. And at the end of the day, there's nothing you can do about that. Set, that seven footer who can just do everything. He can he can literally do everything. So I had the Bucks winning this series. If if like when I found out that Giannis, there was a chance that he could come back and play, I was like, there's no way Giannis is going to lose this series. Just I just. I don't see the Bucks losing this series. I don't see Giannis coming back from an injury and taking an L. So that's what it was. I just, I just knew he was going to win. So
0: honestly, honestly, as well too. So my next topic I kind of want to go to as well. Let's talk, <laughs> let's, let's dive deep into this, this Giannis closeout game um, Yeah, well too. So, this is probably, and I'm going to ask you this as well, too, and with my own two eyes, I started following basketball back when we were at Town Square Drive in Newport News with, you know, I obviously see from the 7-5, so seeing him in the finals, you know, that, or seeing him go through the East and get to the finals, and, you know, he was able to beat them. I mean, at least get that one game down. Like, that was the first time with my, my own two eyes where I kind of understood the concept of basketball itself. But from, I guess, that was, what, 2001 all the way until 2021. So in my 20 years of watching basketball, as far as closeout games, that was probably the best closeout game I've ever seen, bro. Like, that shit was crazy. <laughs> like it was, it was actually ridiculous. He had 50 points, was 65, 16 to 25 from the field, um, 33% from the three-point line. 90% from the free-throw line. God damn. rebounds, had five blocks, had two assists, played 42 minutes as well, too. And it's crazy because, like, during that time while he's just going off, you know, not only this game, but he had two 40 racks back-to-back in game two and three, James Harden's name started start resurfacing as well, too, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, why is his name resurfacing? I had to remember. I was like, oh, okay. The reason why his name was resurfacing was because Rachel Nichols got a soundbite on him a couple years back. Um, Basically, he was saying, like, Giannis doesn't have skill. I wish I could be seven foot and just roam the floor and dunk the ball. Like, I actually have to play basketball. It requires skill. So I know Giannis heard that chirping there. I know Giannis heard that chirping from KD. When, when, with, 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 what's his name? Jay, Jay Williams, the off the record, you know, you're not supposed to, when something says in the media, when you say off the record, even though it's true, you ain't supposed to snitch and, and, and blurt all that out. So with Katie talking shit, you hearing that from Harden, um, for him to get from there to there. um, It was pretty special as well too. And and the thing is, it's the way in which he scored, right? Obviously, he was a man amongst boys. Like, DeAndre Ayton looked like a little child compared to him as well, too. But he literally scored in all facets of the game. He got an in transition. He got to the basket. He scored in the mid-range. He made a three. And what was most shocking for me was he went 17-19 and from the free throw line as well, too. And then also... All his blocks were like intimidation-based blocks, and some of them even turned into, um, you know, turnovers, which led to transition points for the Bucks as well, too. Um, and like I said, 14 rebounds as well. So to be criticized for all of that, and to basically respond and and win for this for the city of of Milwaukee, in which they haven't seen someone winning, I think since who was it Kareem? or was it Bill? Because Kareem. No.
1: Yeah, Kareem and Oscar Robertson. Yeah.
0: That just speaks a lot as well, too. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on his closeout performance? And was that, to you, the best closeout for a series for the finals that you've ever seen?
1: I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, 50 pieces, crazy, man. Oh. Um, <laughs> I just think that um, it was sensational, man. Like, everything you – Everything you would want your star player to do, he did. He played his best game in the most important game of his young career. And you just got to applaud that performance. He went 17 and 19 from the free throw line. That's something I don't think the Phoenix Suns even accounted for, right? That he was going to shoot over, shoot like 90% from the free throw line. And he did that. And he got blocks. And he got buckets. And he got defensive stops and Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton didn't shoot the ball that well throughout the game. But throughout that entire game, you just saw Giannis. I'm not losing. I'm not losing. And that was his mentality. Um, And just to see a player be that aggressive after so many people have questioned his style of play. Some people call it ugly. Some people say it's, it's unskillful. And just to be able to just be like, I don't care what anyone says, I'm about to go win. And we can talk about everything else later. That's hard. So you gotta, you gotta tip your hat to Giannis in the in the in the Bucks for sure. It's it's I don't know. I'm I think LeBron's game seven against Golden State was tough because they came back from down three one. But I don't know if Braun had these type of numbers. And you know, I hear you know, the old heads talk about Magic Johnson's closeout game in the 80s. Um like Michael Jordan
0: the
1: Jazz. I mean, this is gonna be up there. We gotta, we gotta go do the research, but Giannis, a 50-piece Chick-fil-A is crazy, man. That shit is crazy, man.
0: And it's crazy, like you said, and even Warren said too in the in the notes. He literally the next day <laughs> went to Chick-fil-A, went on so, live. And you said, can I get a 50-piece? 50 50-piece. 50 not, not
1: 51. 50-piece. 50 50. <laughs> I need a 50-piece. So that was
0: dope. Now, another thing I want to talk about is, like, Giannis, why, like, people fuck with Giannis, bro? Like, first of all, you I know we got the, we got that West African root in us as well, too. So, it's just natural to kind of gravitate towards it as well, too. But what For I sure. told you countless times this week is, like, I've grown to love Giannis more and more and more is because one, he's humble. Two, he comes from nothing and made it out of something. Um, Three, he's a student of the game. You know what I'm saying? He may not be the best, but he's constantly working on his game. Four, I saw that video, man, Um, when he's in practice. I think it's the Eastern Conference Finals. He's in practice, and he's talking with P.J. Tucker, and and, uh, he basically said, I've air airball free throws. A show, I didn't food. I've been mean, This and this and that. Like I didn't seen it all. I've been through it all. Like I've seen so, it all. So how can I really lose? Um. So that kind of stuck with me as well too. Because when you think of someone who's fearless, the first person in the NBA you come to think of is the late Kobe Bryant as well too. Um. And what I love about Giannis so much is he's not afraid to lose. He's not afraid to fail. Actually, he's not afraid to fail. Um. And I always try to find things to. Obviously, I'm motivated with him, but I always kind of try to find things to keep me um, well grounded, keep me motivated as well too. His whole run, you know, just re inspired me mm. to truly believe that I can do anything if I set my mind to it. Obviously, he's seven feet and whatnot, but there's a lot of six, six, eight, six five eight, man <laughs> <eight> doing <laughs> right. There's a lot of six eight plus motherfuckers who. On paper, you see them yo, this dude should be in the league, but it's all about your work ethic and your just your will to win um as well too. So for him to come from, you know, literally the bottom and be right here to mountaintop, um, it speaks volume for him as well, too. And then like I said, to overcome the obstacle, he literally had his Jordan moment. He got swept last year, like you said, in the bubble by the Miami Heat
1: mm-hmm.
0: and got injured. Mm-hmm. Came back, he swept the Miami Heat in the first round. Yeah. Second round went on to take who a lot of people deem as if you're not number one, number two, best player on the planet, KD. And then third round, he did what he had to do, but he hyperextended his knee as well too, when they finally cut their groove. And then he came back in the finals, fully healthy. And, you know, he won finals MVP and put up numbers as well too. So that's one of the reasons why I gravitate towards him as well too. And if you're a hater, Giannis, then something's just wrong with you as well too. So yesterday off air, um, I didn't even spark up this conversation. I got a couple crazy ass texts from this individual who I'm recording this podcast with right now. And this individual D sharp went on to say that Giannis Antetokounmpo is the best player in the NBA right now. Now, obviously we had our dispute yesterday, but tell, tell, tell the American people, tell the viewers, tell, 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 tell the listeners. Why did you come to that conclusion that Giannis is the best player in the NBA?
1: You know, first of all, I, you know, I don't care what people say, but I feel like if you win a championship and you're the best player on the championship team, you're the best player in the NBA for that upcoming season. Um, the Milwaukee Bucks—they've been a top three team all year. They've been a contender. Giannis was an MVP front runner, a defensive player of the year front runner. Um, this throughout the entire postseason, he put out, he put on great numbers. So for me, if you've been one of the best players throughout the regular season, throughout the postseason. And you win the championship having one of the greatest closed out performances in NBA history. I mean, what you want me to say? You want me to, you want me to get a best player to somebody who ain't win the championship that don't even sound right. I mean, you the best player on a championship team. Now, if you talking about who's the most skillful player, that's a different story. If you talk about who the most decorated player, that's a different conversation. But for me, the best player, is on the championship team you got to reward people who win so that's it i mean my personal favorite player is either kevin durant or lebron james but the best player in the nba has the nba championship so until somebody knocked that throne off him he the best player if you don't like that that's all right we don't even listen to you anyway so that's what it is man
0: I feel you. I mean, like you said, how you say he's 26, right?
1: He's 26 years old, 26 two MVPs, old. defensive player of the year, first team all NBA, first team all NBA defense. Uh representing Nigeria, West Africa, man. This man, I mean, I don't know what else you want me to say. <laughs> like what
0: I mean, yeah, like you said, going through his accolades five time
1: all star. I mean. 26. time
0: all NBA, four time all defensive, 2013 14 all rookie. He was yeah. his past All Star MVP. Yeah. Um, 2019 Defensive Player of the Year, two time regular season MVP, and 2020 21 Finals MVP. Won a ring before Jordan, won a ring before KD, won a ring before LeBron. Um, so he's kind of in a class of his own right now. Me. Um, and like people say, you don't really hit your prime until 28 to about 33. So he's definitely put the league on notice that I deserve to be in that upper echelon. Um, and I can only literally get better from here. You know what I'm saying? I don't anticipate no, no, not really taking shots and whatnot, but Russ seems to not, he he hasn't developed the skill. He's still relying on his athleticism, but at least we're seeing the strides that Giannis is taking every year to improving it better. So if he's, on, if he's going to be on that trajectory like a LeBron James, where LeBron James is respected as a shooter, respected on all three levels and as far as scoring, obviously LeBron's been up and down his free throws. Um, and obviously LeBron's IQ, just everything he brings to the game is just out of this world. But if he's on that trajectory, then it's just like it's over for y'all motherfuckers. Like it's going crazy. But like I said, this year was, was injury riddled um obviously you have to play who's in front of you as well too so i get that um and i mean that is one of the things right to be the best you got to beat the best as well too um for sure last man standing he is the champion he could have won the mvp this year as well too but the bus kind of went under the radar as well um and we always like narratives right when it comes to mvps as as far as the last couple years have been but i'm not quite ready to say he's the best player in the nba now, I think he's the most dominant player in the NBA. I think, you know, when then when the season starts, um, I gotta have to see how it pans out, how the playoff goes and all that, all these things taken into consideration. Um, he's definitely in that discussion as one of the best players, but I'm not quite ready to give him that get as well, too, because if you go through, you know, the battle of attrition, attrition, whatever you want to call it, as well. The last time I checked, he may be 36. About to turn 37. But there's a player on the West Coast that's in the city in which I was at right now called LeBron James. LeBron James didn't have Anthony Davis. You know what I'm saying? If he had Anthony Davis, we would be saying something completely different as well too. Giannis was actually he had a blessing to have essentially his whole core with him from start to finish as well too, with the with the exception of um Divincenzo, who went out in the first round versus Miami as well, too. But that he was He's, he was out of there. So LeBron didn't get to fully plan out. You also have Kevin Durant, who actually, with Kyrie Irving, his ankle, he rolled his ankle, and he actually stepped on Yon's foot, went out after game three, I think. Mm-hmm. And James Harden tweaked his hamstring within the first, like, 45 seconds of game one in the second round versus the Bucks at home. So you had him limping. So, I think Kevin Durant's still better than him from all three levels. I mean, if you put up the stats as well too, he leads him in points, he leads him in assists, he leads him in blocks, he leads him in steal, he leads him in field goal percentage from all levels. Probably in the paint, probably not um, because he's more so a mid range savant as well. But I think KD's still better than him. I mean, if Giannis is saying that. In interviews at the interviews from this entire second round semifinals from game one to seven, that he's the best player, then I then you have to assume he's the best player. So I still put him over there. I'm still going to put LeBron over him until proven otherwise. If LeBron gets taken down with a fully healthy squad, you can have it. You know what I'm saying? You can have it. Um, and then also I'm biased. You see what I'm wearing right here. Let's see. Um, and you, other than me, we watched every single Clippers game from start to finish. We dissected every single game. Um, and obviously, like he fizzle, he fizzes out in the bubble. But, but for the most part, from round one to two in the bubble, with with with, with the exclusion of Game Seven, last time I checked, Kawhi is still a top three player in my eyes as well, too, as well. And had he not got hurt against the Suns, I truly believe, and you believe this too, they would have had a great shot to beat the Suns if he didn't get hurt against Utah as well. And that team would have been a great matchup um, t- for Giannis as well, too. I don't think Giannis is going for two 40 racks and the 50 rack as well. So not to take none away from Giannis, but there's still three players, and maybe even four, if you want to count Steph, um, who I would rank over Giannis, but I wouldn't be mad if you put Giannis at number two or number three. But right now, I'm gonna, I'm gonna reserve my vote for him being number one right now. So that's kind of where I stand at with him right now. But like I said, if he continues to get better, in which I think he's gonna be, this is going to be his league for the next half decade or whatever you wanna call it as well, too. As long as the organization can can keep putting good pieces around him as well and and drew and and middleton are are there with him health wise um as well because they're only getting better every single year as well too so i can see where you're coming from but i'm not quite ready to give him give him that throne give him that crown yet, even though he is the champion as well too but we're gonna see how things kind of pan out the next year for sure another thing i want to come you know talk about we're almost done here with the podcast is a lot of people always like to make jokes about Charles Barkley. Right. Saying, you know, he was a very down player. He went to a finals appearance and whatnot, but whenever he's on TNT, whenever some, whenever he brings up something, someone always likes to make jokes that he didn't get a ring. Um, so obviously you kind of know where I'm kind of going into with this topic right here. Did this finals loss kind of add a stain to CP 3s legacy? I want to hear your thoughts on that.
1: Um, uh, so two things, uh, there's 30-some teams in the NBA. Every great player isn't gonna win an NBA championship. There's a lot that goes into winning an NBA championship, organization, player development, you know, management, being smart, right? There's a lot of things that a great player can't control. I mean, uh-huh. I, I know, I know we I know people joke on Charles Barkley, but Charles Barkley was a was an all-time great player. And the yeah. same thing with Chris Paul, there's a lot of things that go into someone's journey that is outside of their control. Chris Paul, you know, without a championship ring is still one of the greatest point guards we've ever seen. What player, you know, in a game that values super tall individuals, he's 5'11, six feet on a good day. Played 16 years in the NBA, not, some people don't pay, play four years in the NBA, <laughs> and they be seven feet tall. They don't play four years. He's six feet. He's been in the NBA for 16 years, has been a winning player for 16 years. So for me, it's not an indictment on his legacy. It's more of, yo, the NBA got really, really, really good players, great players. Look who he went up against. He went up against Drew Holiday to, like like we said, a cat. For, to NBA casuals who don't know Drew Holiday, Drew Holiday real. like He's 6'4", athletic, phenomenal playmaker, phenomenal defender. I mean, he's... If you know ball, you know how ill Drew Holiday is. If you know ball, you know how ill Chris Middleton is. And we, we just spoke about Giannis. Look at the players we just named. Not everybody's going to win a championship. It's unfortunate that Great players don't win. One of my favorite players, Allen Iverson, doesn't have a ring. But we don't. We don't say, "Oh man, yo, his legacy is tarnished." We say, "He went up against Kobe and Shaq, <laughs> and nobody was fucking with Kobe and Shaq." Man, rest in peace, Kobe. So it's not an indictment of his legacy. And I think the conversation around rings and if a player wins, if a player doesn't, is the type of talk to me that kind of ruins. Basketball, in a sense, where we just so focus on players winning the championship, we forget the contributions that they made. So for me, uh, Chris Paul is an all-time great. You got to put him up there. If you have a kid who's a six-foot six-four point guard in that range, or whatever size they are, and Chris Paul is holding a basketball clinic, you want your kid to go over there and learn how to play point guard from Chris Paul. So, to me there's nothing really you can really say if he had a championship ring, that would be nice, but it wouldn't to me change my opinion on how great he's been throughout his career. That's how I feel about it.
0: Honestly. Yeah. Win or lose. Um, if he would have won uh, the championship or, you know, obviously it would have been nice for sure. It would have been nice. It definitely would have, you know, made him skyrocket um, in their all-time rankings list, but he's still, for me, Obviously, I didn't really watch people back in the day, but he's still a top five point guard of all time to me um, yeah. in general. So uh, it hurts a little bit um, because you 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 saw how you know game four went. Um, you saw how yes, I mean the other day, even the game six and the closeout, he had a relatively good first half, but it seemed like whenever you need a timely baskets to kind of cut the bleeding or anything like that, he just didn't leave his impact on the game. But you know, at the end of the day, you know, there's, there's five players on the court It's a team sport. You know, there's a lot that goes into, you know, winning a championship as well too. So um, I'm not going to be too upset about it. Um, it hurts a little bit, but I don't think it's going to be something where we're like, Oh my God, he didn't win a ring as well too, because we know what he's about. Um, and like you said, he's impacted the game so much um, on and off the court, you know, so uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, he like he still got a lot of basketball left, so it's going to be interesting nice to see how things kind of pan out as well, too. Another one I kind of want to talk to you about is this whole Kobe and, and, and Devin Booker comparison. Uh, Devin Booker came and really played relatively well. I'm um, with a couple games as well, too. But like I said, he still averaged about 28 points per game as well, too. Um, I'm happy that he came out and said that, you know, you shouldn't compare me to X, Y, and Z. I mean, it's nice when players are coming up, we kind of want to, it's natural just to compare individuals as well, too, but you have to, like you said, appreciate players for who they are and what they bring to the table as well. Now, I see certain flashes of his player, of the player he idolizing, Kobe Bryant, but he's himself as well, too, but um, and I don't think people should compare him to to Kobe Bryant, but the upside for Devin Booker um, with the mentality, that dog mentality that he has, where he just wants to go out and, and seek blood. Um, I think next year he's going to come back even more motivated as well, too. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. But what 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 moves on? What, I mean, what 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 do you think that he has to improve on um, going into the going into the next season?
1: Um. Uh two things to talk about the kobe point i think like you said there's a lot of comparisons there because he some of his moves the similarities with um his back to the basket his two dribble pull up mid-range you know it's very similar to kobe so people the, the and he's inspired by kobe so the first comparison they look to is kobe bryant and the fact that people even are comparing him to kobe bryant is a testament to how much work he's put in you know and how much you know impact he's had in such a short period of time he's a phenomenal player (laughs) um in terms of what I feel like Devin Booker needs to work on I think one thing is just get stronger um you know being able to play through some contact uh more contact I mean but just get stronger uh there's not a lot you can really say about a player that that's that's, that talented in terms of where to improve but there's always something to get better that probably you know shoot a higher clip a percentage from the three-point line right um but i I would be nick picking i would be to me i'll be disvaluing his game if i said that because he's a player that's always looking to get better so you know he's going to get better um but yeah, man. And I think I think more so with the with the Suns, I think DeAndre Ayton is probably going to have to make that step, right? That step to the next level where he's a he's not only a a dominant defensive present, but he's a dominant offensive player, right? Something okay. like Tim Duncan, like something like something modeled after that. And also the Suns may have to go out there and try to get another bucket getter. Someone when Devin Booker is not playing. could come and give you a 20 piece real quick you know what i mean somebody like that so i think for the sun's organization if they want to continue to compete because if you're looking at it from a realistic standpoint and you're looking at it at all the players that got hurt this off season i mean this postseason Kawhi, jamal murray anthony davis if all of them are healthy where do you realistically rank the suns and that's how the suns have to view their team right if all of those teams are healthy can we really beat the lakers can we really beat um the clippers can we really beat um the nuggets right with a healthy jamar murray and with the team how how it's currently constructed i don't think they can so they have to go out there whether it be free agency the draft and try to get another buck together so i don't think your devin booker can improve but if he improves and the team doesn't improve Looking
0: at a first or second round exit. Nah, I agree with you as well. So he's only going to get better, like you said, as well, too. For sure. Um, And then also we have to kind of figure out Chris Paul. um, He is getting a little bit older as well, too. Um, There's been rumors that, you know, or speculation or I guess what if scenarios or whatever, Mm -hmm. where they're saying, yo, like what if he ends up trying to, you know, team up with LeBron or whatnot as well, too. I don't think you get to the finals like this and lose in that fashion. And you kind of just want to switch teams as well, too. But I did hear that he was trying to get 30 mil a year. Now, knowing his age, knowing his injury history as well, if I'm in the front office, I'm like, yo, instead of giving you 30 mil, let's give you 20 to 24. And like you said, we're going to because we're going to have to pay DeAndre Ayan. Right. We still have Bridges and we still have uh, Cam Johnson who on their who are on their rookie deals. So let's pay DeAndre Ayton. Let's give you a little less than what you asked for. And let's, and now let's go out and get that that bucket getter that we need as well, too. And then if Sarek is healthy and, you know, we bank on Cameron Johnson uh, playing well because with Cam Johnson, I think he can i'm not gonna you know od and whatnot but he's a natural shooter he's six eight. he showed flashes of him being being capable of being an above average defender as well too especially with mikhail bridges he looks like he could be like a chris middleton when it's all said and done as well too so i'm um, banking on their their core getting better so him so mike mikhail bridges um cam johnson and like you said deandre A and more for the fan i think they need to Talk to them this offseason, tell them what they need to work on. And like you said, stress DeAndre A and be the number two option. Let Chris Paul take a step back as well. So we know what he can do, but let these young players actually become who we think that they can become. And I think, like you said, they can potentially be in the mix as well, too. Because, like you said, when all these motherfuckers come back, you like, you. no one's really saying the sons of the favorites right now. You know, so no. we don't know what Golden State is going to do with those two picks. We don't know exactly what the partial ACL tear, how the Clippers are going to look. AD's going to come back fully healthy and probably change up his entire workout regimen um, and what he consumes in his body as well, too. Jamal Murray might be back as well. Diamond Mitchell looks like he has a chip on his shoulder as well, too. Luca, you know, they just got Jason Kidd, you know what I'm saying? Porzingis really wasn't utilizing the offense. We don't know if he's going to come back and be more, you know, featured or they're going to go out and, you know, try to flip him. There's a lot of moving pieces in the West as well, too. So, like you said, you can't, be insane and do something over and over again and expect the same results. So we definitely need to see something shaken up or just improvement um, of their players taking the next step. And I think, you know, it seems like all of them are on that same page and the fact the fact that they kind of overachieved in a sense and got to the finals, they kind of see the blueprint of what it takes to be back to where they're at. I yeah. Doing well next year as well too. So I agree with everything that you said as well. Um, do you think the Bucks can repeat uh, next season? <laughs>
1: Ooh, that's a good question. The
0: finals again?
1: I mean, you know, I think they can. I think they got the championship DNA now. But the Nets, you know, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant, the greatest display of offensive talents we ever seen. If they healthy, that's going to be tough. If they're healthy, that's going to be tough. I think the Nets would probably – how a team goes into the postseason – like health is always the priority. But if the Nets are healthy, that's gonna be one of the ultimate tests for the Bucks and any pretty much any other team because what you do with three players that can give you 30, all of them can give you 30. So I think since the Bucks have championship DNA and like we mentioned, Giannis is only getting better. Chris Middleton is only getting better and their core is still in their prime. I think they should be the favorite. And what moves they make this offseason to get better? They're going to get Devin Genschel back next year, so that's something to be um, look out for for the Bucks. So it's going to see. We're going to see. There's a lot of you know what happens with Philly. Does Ben Simmons get traded out of Philly and Dame come there? It's going to be interesting to see what happens. So I think right now you got to give the Bucks the benefit of the doubt because they're the defending champion and all their players are still relatively young and they're getting another starter back. So I'm going to give the Bucks the nod now, but you know, the Nets, Katie, Katie, Katie almost beat them. If he wore a size 16 instead of his big ass feet. (laughs) So we're going to see.
0: Yeah, we're going to see. I definitely think they can definitely go back as well too. Like you said, if Giannis improves and, and their core, you know, now that they have championship DNA, um, I mean, also comes down, like you said, to health, Um, to who's basically clicking at that moment, role play, stepping up the assignments um, as far as defensive adjustments being made. There's a lot of things to take consideration, but I wouldn't rule them out. But like you said, Mm -hmm. if we're choosing both sides of prematurely, obviously we have to see how things pan out with free agency and trades and and, and draft and all that shit. Um, I'm choosing the Nets in the East, fully healthy, and I'm choosing the Lakers in the West, fully healthy, because Kawhi Leonard, has that partial ACL tear. So I feel like knowing his record, I don't think he's coming back next season as well too. And Jamal Murray got hurt in April. I don't think he's coming back next season as well too. So, I can see a scenario where the Suns can't come back, but I just feel like LeBron James still got one more finals run left in them as well, too. So oh, my, my, my early favorites would probably be the Lakers um, versus the Nets as well, too. But like you said, a lot of teams are going to be coming back hungry. And now I think we're kind of seeing this shift now where, like, we don't see that that, that quote-unquote dominance, like how it was with the Warriors dynasty, Yeah, how LeBron kept going. I think it's going to be you got to take everything into consideration. I feel like we may see a team that goes back to back one year, but I feel like we're going to see a, a different matchup for the next couple of years, which is exciting <laughs> for the, for the league as well, too, as well. So obviously the draft coming up next week as well, and that's going to be something to kind of look out for as well. Free about mm-hmm. to take place as well. So a lot, of, a lot of things that look promising as well, too. So that was episode 113. Um, any last words?
1: Man. Shout out to you, man. It's been a pleasure being able to just rock it and kick it with you during this NBA postseason talk basketball. Man, it's been dope, man. Shout out to the season show. If you're a fan of the show, cop some merch. If you're a fan of the show, subscribe, follow, and support. You know, uh, we love everything you do, man. Keep it rocking, man. For
0: sure. Bucks and six. six. You already know what time it is. Bucks and six. You already know. Ladies and gentlemen, that was episode 113 of The Caesars Show. Make sure to subscribe on all forms of social media at Sir Caesars at The Caesars Show at XXIV d sharp 7